If I were a student planning on taking the LSAT, should I panic? No, 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 absolutely not. Whether you're taking it uh, with the LG section or in the double LR section, you're gonna be fine. Nothing changes about studying for this test. All right, everyone, welcome to the 7 Stage LSAT podcast. My name is Henry Ewing. I'm joined with my co-host. Asta Sinha, and today we are also joined by, I'll let you introduce yourself. I'm Joe Iping, at your service. And the man the, himself. Fa- yeah, the founder of 7 Stage. <laughs> the founder of 7 Stage. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, a local celebrity, if you will. Uh, we have brought JY onto the episode today because if you haven't already heard, the LSAC has announced a pretty major change on, on the LSAT coming up in August of 2024. So not something that's going to happen today, not something that's going to happen tomorrow, but a couple months from now, we're going to see the logic game section of the LSAT go away completely and be replaced by a second LR section. So we wanted to bring JY on today to talk about what that change means, what Seven Sage has been doing to prepare for it, what you can do to prepare for it, and just make sure we're all on the same page as a pretty fundamental aspect of the LSAT goes away. Well, JY, let me ask you this. What was your initial reaction when you heard the news about Logic Games going away? Yeah, no, uh, I think like a lot of people, um, it was a surprise. We, of course, have known about something happening to the Logic Games for years. I just didn't personally expect them to drop Logic Games entirely, Um, partially because it's not what they said they would do, right? They said that they're going to replace it with something. Um, but they decided to just drop it. Okay, you know, so they did. Yeah, starting in August 2024, the LSAT will consist of just uh, uh, LR and RC, two sections of logical reasoning, uh, one section of RC scored, uh, plus an additional section of either RC or LR uh, for, for experimental. Well, do you think this is something that's going to make the test easier, going to make the test harder? What yeah, do you think the that's test is a, be like? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, LSAC in its announcement... Uh, stated that they have compared um, average results uh, for hundreds of thousands of test takers, and they've shown that uh, there's barely any difference in the average score um, You know, uh, when you toggle the LG section on and off. Um, so I don't know. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't probe their, uh, <laughs> that, that conclusion, like, like, you know, show me the numbers, show me your reasoning, how did you get to that conclusion? But let's just take their word for it. I, it's plausible, right, that on average, um, nothing changes. But um, I think for any individual student, it just, it really depends. Are you good at LG? Or are you not good at LG? Right, I think logic games is unlike logical reasoning in and, and reading comprehension in that there really is kind of like a ramp up period to when you get to, when you're in like sort of tip top form for logic games. Of course, you have to have this sort of, you know, theoretical foundational understanding of uh, conditional logic, and you have to be familiar with like the different types of game boards that they tend to use. But then there's also just practice and just kind of being like a well-oiled machine. Like you kind of just know what the steps are. You have like a very nice um, sort of checklist of activities that you kind of go through when you, right, it's just very precise, very accurate. So you you get yourself into shape and then you you kind of take the LG and then, you know, that's, you, you get your best score. Um, whereas with LR and RC, I tend to find that people just get better with LR and RC. The more time they spend with it, just the, it doesn't kind of plateau out at some point, right? You just kind of keep getting better and better and better. Like, you know, speaking from personal experience, I'm actually better in logical reasoning now than I was, um, whatever, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, Before right? Because I've just had of explanation videos on it. <laughs> thousands of explanations, yeah. thousands, yeah. thousands. <laughs> literally thousands. Um, 
Whereas for logic games, every time a new logic game section comes out, I have to get back into shape. I have to be like, I can't, if I take this section right now, I'm not going to do that well because I've forgotten all of these habits, right? For example, like double check, you know, there, there's certain things I say to do to make sure you don't misread the rules. These are things that I came up with because they're mistakes that I made and they're mistakes I will make again because I'm out of practice. So I would like print out old sections of LG, take them, review them, make mistakes, watch my home videos and like kind of kind of like remind me, oh, right, that's right. Yeah, you're supposed to do this. And the reason you made a mistake is this. I had to get back into shape before I attempt the new LG section. It's it's different for, uh, LR is just kind of different. LR, I can kind of just take a cold and I just, I've just gotten better at it. I, just get, I get the feeling that um, a lot of students who study for this test for a long time kind of feel that way. So I think for any individual student, you just got to ask yourself like, you know, what's your relationship with logic games, right? Like, do you find it fun? Right. I, I would say, you know, for everyone who's uh, studying for the LSAT now, the big decision is whether you want to take it um, uh, with the LG or without the LG. Um, I, I, I think that decision ought to turn on um, how well you can study for the LG. So uh, practice, right? Try it. Um, give it a good four to six weeks, foolproof LG. See how much um, progress you can make compare your performance on that section against your performance on LR. If you see that you're making good progress, if you see that you're doing better, if you see that you're having more fun studying for this, then try to take this, um, try to take the LSAT with the LG section. If you hate every moment of it, you're not making that much progress, right? Like you, you know, you just, you just don't do that well, then, then wait, right? Like start studying for LR, start studying for RC. Those sections take longer to improve anyway. So you have, you have plenty of runway until you get to the August test. So I think I think for any given individual, you know, whether it's harder or easier, it just it really depends. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things that that I've noticed with LG is that for the top test takers, I feel like LG is a little too easy. Yeah. And for the the bottom the the, bot, the I don't want to say the bottom test, but the, you know maybe the people who have a little bit more left uh, of studying to do, the LG ends up being really hard. And what you have is this weird cliff where you know the top test takers, at least when I was studying, I would have like ten minutes at the end of an LG section. Mm-hmm. I don't think a, a a good test has you know the best people with ten extra minutes at the end, yeah. right? It, it shouldn't really be structured well, hard in enough. that way. Yeah, it's not hard exactly. It's not yeah. hard enough. It's not um and and then. The problem is for the for the lower end, right? For people who are still pretty fresh to LG. I mean, LG is like impossible. The first time it's you take hard. an LG section, yeah. you just have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. There's there's, yeah. there's no real way you can, like, almost intuit your way. Yeah. I mean, you could, but it's unlike LR, where you know you could conceive of a world where you know you drop the alien down, he's like perfect with reason, and they're they're gonna get it down. Yeah. Uh, whereas the LG, it just required a lot of practice, a lot of um, you know habit forming. That, as yeah. you said, it, easy to, to, to easy to to go away. Yeah. Uh, it's very rare that you experience like real life LG habits, right? Not yeah. all of us are painters building no. different color houses for whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. Have Jacob, all the Josh, and, and John, right? You know, <laughs> but, yeah. but in real life, we experience arguments all the time. So right. there's a, a level of, of uh, you know, uh, realisticness that LR yeah. contains that uh, LG just doesn't. That's right. Yeah. One other thing I just want to add to that is I think a lot of people see logic games as as a cushion to their score like you know if i just work hard enough and spend enough time with this i'll get a minus zero on logic games and i have a little bit more wiggle room with lr and rc and so i don't need to worry about them as much what i've been hearing from a lot of people is they're concerned about that cushion going away and negatively impacting their scores one thing i want to say is that the amount of time that it takes to foolproof logic games to the point that you are going minus zero if all of that time was spent in lr you'd probably feel similarly about lr yeah, uh, it's yeah. not like it's 
it's going to be fine at the end of the day, whether that time is going to LG and perfecting that or double the amount of time that you're spending on LR is perfecting that. And while logic games is innately more procedural than than logical reasoning might be, there's just more clear cut steps. I don't think they're fundamentally that different in that with enough practice, you can start to see the same patterns on LR that you do on LG. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So with all that being said, JY, generally, do you think this changes is for the better or or for the worse? Uh, For me personally, this is (laughs) for the LSAT generally, for test takers generally. (laughs) Well, can Uh, I talk about me for a little bit? Yeah, please. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, No, I mean, I for it for LSAT generally for uh, that's really that's really hard for me to say. I mean, like it's it's difficult for me to be really objective about this because I really like the LG. It's fun when we entered the LSAT market like 10 years ago. The way we did it was by making LG more accessible, right? By making instruction to LG more accessible. We had our um, YouTube channel that. Um, had every single Logic Games uh, uh, ex- explained totally for free. Anybody can mm. access it. And that, I think, really did a, did a number to improve, like, did a lot to improve um, performance on LG ov- overall. And, you know, uh, this, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I started noticing, like, the uh, Logic Game sections on the LSAT got a lot harder, got a lot weirder, right? Because yeah. I think it was because, like, we were... We were just having that much access to to explanatory teaching material for logic games kind of broke the curve, right? So it's it's very hard for me to answer this uh, objectively whether it's be better or worse. Uh, you know, um, I think it'll be better for some, uh, worse for some. Really depends on what your strengths are. I was, I, I think it's it, like on average it's probably about the same. I, I do think it's going to be a win for consistency, just in this yeah. in the sense that uh, you know if you mess up on the setup of logic games, it, it's going to be disa- it's going to be a disaster down That's the line. Point. Yeah. Um, and so, of course, I'm sure LSEC, when they compile, you know, thousands and thousands of test yeah. takers, it's going to show up more or less uh, like the same amount. Uh, but at the individual level, right, a single yeah. test in LG, if you mess up an inference on, you know, uh, yeah. game four, right, game four is going to be impossible. That's yeah. going to maybe nuke a couple points. Whereas yeah. if that LG section was an LR section, you mess up one, one inference on question 17. Uh, that's one point. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah. I imagine... I mean, I would imagine that the consistent in terms of consistency, you're probably going to see some, some better consistency between tests. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if I don't know if it, is it better. Right? <laughs> you know, I, I also like LG. I, LG definitely made this test a little bit more unique, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, and so it's uh, it's sad to see it go. LG is like the purest distillation of deductive formal reasoning. Right. You don't mm-hmm. need to think about like arguments by analogy. Nope doesn't show up right um is this a proper generalization or is it an improper or is a hasty generalization right doesn't matter uh causal logic doesn't matter so all of these like sort of informal modes of reasoning don't show up on 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 logic games the only thing it shows shows up is just um you know algorithmic deductive pure formal logic right what must be true you know Mm -hmm. given that these things are true there's just like there's no way around it so uh, i mean they still do test they still uh, the lsat will still test uh, that kind of formal deductive reasoning in logical reasoning. I mean, the, 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 you know, the must-be-true questions, the sufficient assumption questions, the uh, PSA questions, uh, a lot of the parallel reasoning questions are also uh, uh, formal logic deductive reasoning. Um, so th- th- that will still be there, but the, the LG section, that was like the domain of, of formal logic. I do think when talking about whether this is for the better or for the worse, I... 
I do think there, as much as I'll miss Logic Games too, for the sake of accessibility, right, and accommodating students who are blind or visually impaired, if this helps even a few of those students have a better chance of going into law school, I think that in and of itself is good reason for Logic Games to go away. So as an instructor and as a tutor, it is upsetting, but for the sake of accessibility, I think it is a really good step forward. Now, I do want to go back for a second and talk about how this change impacts you, JY, and how you feel about it uh, because of Seven Sage, right? I know Logic Games has been on the chopping block for mm. a little bit. I know yeah. we've been preparing for this, but what has Seven Sage been doing to kind of respond to this change? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. Um, so, yeah, we, we've known about this for years. Um, again, it's <laughs> kind of, I think about, it's, it's like how, you know, when I teach logical reasoning. I'm like, you can almost certainly predict the contours of the right answer choice, but but never the specific wording, or, or rarely can you predict the specific wording of the correct answer choice. I kind of feel like this is, this it's, it's like that situation. We, we knew Logic Games, something was going to happen to Logic Games. We didn't know specifically what would happen. We all thought that they were, because they were field experimenting with, um, you know, a different type of uh, section that's kind of similar to Logic Games, but not really. So we didn't expect them to just drop it entirely. But... Um, uh, we have been preparing for this for years. Um, so on the content side, on the curriculum side, um, we've been revamping our core curriculum for, uh, I've been working on this for like two years now. Um, so we have a brand new logical reasoning curriculum, which like when I made it at the time, it wasn't like, oh, I know, you know, two years from now <laughs> that they're going to, like logical reasoning, by the way, is now going to represent 66% of your raw score. It's 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 never been that high, right? Like back in you know, back when we had LRLRLGRC, it was 50% of your raw score. Now mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I keep saying now, uh, in August of 2024, it will be uh, 66%. So it's going to be the most significant part of your score. So, uh, of course, I didn't have, I wasn't prescient to, to know that that was uh, going to happen. I, but what I did know was that our LR curriculum uh, could be improved. And um, so that's, that's what I set out to do about two years ago. And, you know, the new curriculum is now in beta uh, beta access. You, any, anybody can. It's an open beta, so anybody can access it. It's not 100% uh, done, but it's like you know 95% done. Um, mm -hmm. And the new curriculum is just a lot better uh, than the old curriculum. Um, specifically, the way that it sort of progresses students through different question types and logical reasoning, um, it, it's a lot tighter. Like I've always thought that there is a, a deep conceptual unity to logical reasoning in that. Um, you know, you, you, you start from the fundamentals, you know, what is a, what is an argument, right? Can you identify the conclusion? So that, that's the main conclusion question to, to then one step away from that is you take away the conclusion. Now, can you infer the conclusion? And that's what we call most strongly supported questions, right? So, and then, and then you kind of move from there. Each additional step is, is a, is one additional skill that you layer on to the previous skills that you had. And this is how you kind of layer your, your skills on until you finally get to the most abstract type of question, which is parallel method reasoning. But everything kind of links together. So that's what I really try to do with um, version two of the uh, uh, LR curriculum is to show students that just that, that unifying thread that runs through all the different question types in logical reasoning. Um, so that's on the content side. That's on the curriculum side. On the uh, product or the tech or the website, side, uh, we, we've also been hard at work rebuilding the entire Seven Sage website for students studying for this test to have a better experience using our site, right? I mean, um, right now it's still in development, but uh, the new version of Seven Sage, like we're talking about, you know, 
uh, a new drilling experience, a new digital tester, uh, more ways to interact with other students, um, a, live ex a better experience for live classes. All of these things will be uh, available for uh, public beta testing uh, uh, end of January of next year. So that's three months from now. That also is changing, right? So Seven Stage has to change um, and uh, stay, stay ahead of it. Awesome. I know I'm really excited for the, the new version of the site and all the different tools and stuff that both on the instructor side we can use, but also for our students and our clients and subscribers. So I'm I'm thrilled. I'm excited to see drilling sections. Thank God. Whoa. Um, the... Yes, drilling sections is yeah. That's one of the most uh, demand. Like you know, you can drill questions. You, have, you kind of have to manual right now on the current version. You have to manually create a section, right? So that's one of the things that we're trying to. <laughs> yeah. Twenty six clicks. You got arthritis, <laughs> but you know it's it's, it's about to click. Henry, done. you do triathlons. What do you mean? Clicking 26 times on the computer is giving you arthritis. You know, it's all right. <laughs> um, I do want to ask one quick question just because it's I've had students ask me, is the second LR section or LR generally going to be fundamentally different or can I use the same resources that I've been using to study for LR up until now for the August 2024 exam? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So um, I... Uh, <laughs> history notwithstanding, I'll take LSAC's word for it, you know, <laughs> Um, I believe the words that they say and the, the words that they say on this subject is that it's not changing. It's going to be the same LR, right? Um, then again, they also said they weren't going to just drop LGL. I guess they never said they weren't going to drop LGL together. They said they were go, they imply that they wouldn't just cut LG off. They, they, they implied that by saying that they were looking for, you know, changes to LG. So whatever, that's what they say. So uh, I believe it. And, um, if that's the case, then, uh, great. Then, you know, just use version two of the Seven stage uh, uh, logical reasoning curriculum, and you'll be all set. Um, now, if I had to guess, let, let's let's suppose that they change logical reasoning, right? Let's suppose they amend logical reasoning somehow. So, if I had to guess, I would guess that the change that they would make um, would be to reapportion the pie of 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 reasoning in logical reasoning such that formal logic becomes a bigger slice. Right. Mm -hmm. Earlier, I mentioned formal logic already shows up in logical reasoning. It shows up in must be true questions, right? Sufficient assumption, um, PSA, parallel. Um, I would guess if they did make a change, and that's a that's a big if, um, that they would just kind of increase that slice of the pie. The reason is because they cut out an entire section that tested formal logic, right? So now, if they want to kind of weigh the different types of logic a little bit more heavy in favor of formal logic, they would just you know, maybe you get a couple more must-be-true questions, right? Maybe you get a couple more sufficient assumption questions, um, something like that. But I, I, I wouldn't, I would not predict um, a bigger, a more radical change uh, than that. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, which, uh, which is a good, a good sign too, because I feel like the, the, uh, you know, the more formal logic, conditional reasoning esque questions, they're the, the hardest upfront uh, to someone who has no experience with them, but it, probably the most learnable. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like when, uh, you know, sufficient is after you get a lot of experience, it just feels like bread and butter. Whereas yeah. even now, I'll, you'll come across like a weakening or strengthening question where it's a little obscure. Right? Like you, you'll, you'll narrow it down to two and you're like, it's, all, it's not a, a total judgment call. There's one that's a lot better, but it'll be a little harder to see. Whereas yeah, I a mean, sufficient assumption question, you just, yeah. you kind of just know it's right. Totally. I mean, going back to what we said earlier about how logic games was like that, here's a typical profile of someone who scores, who ends up scoring in like the 98th, let's say, percentile. Um, they 
do a cold diagnostic, they do pretty well in, on LR and RC. You know, we're talking about like minus two, minus three um, on each of those sections. They get destroyed by algae. It's like minus 15, right? Okay, so what do they do? They study for algae because it's foreign. It's it's weird. It's 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 all just like you don't think about this. So, but but you study for it for a couple months, and then they get their algae score up to minus zero, and then they're like Henry. They have like ten minutes to spare, you know, at the end of the section. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then they knock out their one seventy five or whatever, right? You, you see a little microcosm of that in logical reasoning. The the questions that trip people up, the questions that feel most like logic games, are the sufficient assumption questions the PSA questions, the must-be-true questions, because those are deductive. Those are questions that test your deductive reasoning abilities, right? In other words, formal logic. In other words, uh, often conditional reasoning. Not always, but often conditional reasoning. I remember this myself distinctly. I remember when I first encountered sufficient assumption questions, I I just didn't even know what they were. Like, whereas with a weakening question, you know, what you mentioned earlier, Henry, about a lot of it is just, you know, a lot of it is causal logic. So a lot of it's more, more, you know, like familiar to people, right? We we do causal reasoning all the time, just kind of yeah. subconsciously all the time. Whereas I don't think most people do any kind of formal reasoning unless they're explicitly told to do it in a math class or a logic class or something like that. So I remember studying for this in the library. I, like, I was like grasping my hair so tight that like I actually pulled out some hair when I could, <laughs> couldn't understand why, yeah. you know, how sufficient assumption questions work. So it's it's, I think it's similar. Um, I think it's similar. You, you, you're gonna you're gonna uh, encounter sort of um, uh, a initial like seemingly very high barrier, but then once you learn formal logic, it just you realize oh all of these are the same. You know, kind of like logic games. You just you, you you'll get it. Yeah, it's definitely one of the things that like you know tutoring and you're uh, you're getting exposed to someone who, who's fresh on their studying path and and you look at a sufficient assumption question. Yeah. You don't even really know the star level. It's like yeah. four star, five star. You're like this is like a one-star question. How does everyone, anyone get this wrong? And then, and then you realize, well, it's like, well, there's a huge shift that occurs at, at a certain point in studying where you start uh, like looking at things in terms of conditional reasoning. It just starts to make sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and that light bulb happens. And as you said, yeah. it's like a cliff that just happens where all of a sudden it's just like, man, it felt impossible. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, well, how could this be, how could it be any right. other answer? Right. And then you look at the distribution on, on how people pick and you're like, oh my God, wow. That's uh, uh, remarkable. Before we we jump into some example questions that I think go over this concept really well, I've just got two last questions for you, JY. Mm -hmm. Number one, what would you do if you had planned on taking the LSAT before August? Would you cancel and and take August? And second, what would you do if you were planning on taking the test for the first time in June of 2024? I'll take that second second question first. I think it's pretty easy. I, I don't think you should take your first test in June. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't think you should because you're not leaving yourself. I mean, maybe I'm putting this too severely. I, I was gonna say you're not leaving yourself a plan B, but that's that's putting it a little too severely. Your, your plan B is just significantly different from your plan A, right? Like, it, let's say you take your first LSAT in June. Okay, I mean, in the happy world, you get the score you want, you're done, right? But of course, you have to plan for the unhappy world where you don't get the score that you want. Then what? Then your only recourse is to take subsequent administrations. All the subsequent administrations after June don't have logic games anymore, which means how much time did you spend studying? It's it's now going to be worth nothing, right? So that's mm-hmm. that's what happens when you take June. It's not like a guaranteed bad outcome. It's just, you know, you, you're going to have to bet that you land in the happy happy world. So that's the second question. I probably wouldn't plan for my very first LSAT to be to be the June 
Um, now, the first question you asked me what I, I would do, I, I, you know, I fit that profile where logic games, I, you know, cold diagnostic, I don't know what it was. It was like something abysmal, right? Um, but I, I totally fit that profile where I just, you know, just start foolproofing the logic games and you just seek improvements and then you just get better and better and better. So I, I would plan for my first uh, administration to be one or two administrations before June so that I have fallbacks, right? I have like one or two fallbacks until, until I can take. Um, so that's what I would do. But, you know, I think I kind of answered this question earlier too when I mentioned... Um, when I talked about like sort of different study, like listener, right? Like LSAT studier, um, you have to answer this question for yourself. What is, what is logic games? What is studying logic games like for you, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't see the improvement, if you hate it, um, I personally find them fun. I know a lot of people find them fun. Not everybody finds them fun, right? If you don't like it, just you just need to know that, right? It's not like a, you, know, you just need to know whether you like studying for this or not. Um, and if you don't, then fantastic. It's going away, you know, just study for a logical <laughs> yeah. reasoning. Yeah. yeah. Works out. Yeah. Okay, I mean, awesome. I, I think if you're crafting, uh, like if you're thinking about how you want to be studying, I mean, we've always said like uh, in tutoring that uh, like every hour you spend on LG is going to bring more points than every hour you spend on LR, which is going to bring more points than every hour you spend on RC. Uh, but now that we've doubled the LR section, I mean, the, the value is yeah. in LR studying right yeah. now, right? Every minute you spend on, on LR is, is effectively worth double yeah. the, mm -hmm. the studying of, of RC at this yeah, point. Yeah, two to one. And Oh, God. Yeah, it's exactly. It's two to one. And, and as you point out, like LG, I mean, hopefully you get your score in, in June but mm -hmm. that you want. But if you don't, then we've kind of – I don't want to say you flush it down the drain because there's definitely like cross-section benefits. Uh, but wow, I would <laughs> would you not have rather studied or spent that time working on your LR? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely if you're – not planning on on taking in in, in june you're just planning on taking in august i mean i would just dump everything into lr or not yeah. not everything but it I two mean, that's thirds weird. two thirds yeah. into lr <laughs> so exactly. I, I mean and lr has a lot of benefits to to answering rc like lr questions and, and R, how well you understand support is is really going to determine how well your rc i mean uh like post your ability to understand the passage but how well you understand the concept of support is yeah really going to influence your, your RC score, which, you know, by the way, uh, V2, it's, it's all unified around this idea of support. So definitely check it out. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I have heard from both of you that we've got some questions lined up to go over that are, are logical reasoning questions from previous test administrations, but have more of an LG vibe to them. And, and from what I understand is what JY was talking about earlier about potentially some LR questions having more of of an emphasis on formal logic uh, and a, a bigger slice of the pie is going to be like those types of questions. So let's take a look at a couple of these and, and see y'all work through them. So yeah, we've got a must be true question here. Uh, PT 53 section three question 19. The stimulus says an editor is compiling a textbook containing essays by several different authors. Uh, the book will contain essay, essays by L K or J. I'm, I'm already going into logic games mode. Uh, Lind, Lind Knight or Jones. Uh, but it will not contain essays by all three. If the textbook contains an essay by Knight, then it will also contain an essay by Jones. I mean, looking at this, uh, what are you thinking before you go into the answer choices, JY? I'm thinking if I'm in the wrong section, because yeah. this reads just like a logic game. I mean, it's a lot shorter, right? Like in here we have three game pieces, Lind, Knight, and Jones, LKJ. Um, you ne I mean, in a logic game, you'll never get just three game pieces. You'll get more than that. Um, mm -hmm. And also, we only have 
how many rules here? I think I count two rules, right? The first yeah. rule is that it will not contain essays by all three, right? Which means uh, maximum, maximum out of those three, we get to pick two. So that's one, mm -hmm. that's your first rule. The second rule is a conditional rule, right? If K, if K is in, it's in out game. If K is in, then you're also going to have uh, J with it. K brings J with it, right? So that's it. Those are the zero. So, so it was like a miniature logic game <clears throat> um, somehow snuck its way into uh, the logical reasoning section. Like obviously, crazy I say how that somehow, happens. yeah, right. Crazy how that happens. Yeah, so. yeah. But anyway, so this is why I was earlier. You know, when I when you asked like my predictions about uh, logical reasoning changes, I'm, I you know I I don't think it'll change that much. But if it changed, I would expect probably more questions like this, like little miniature um, LG to to come back in. I mean, this is from prep test fifty three, so this is old. So it's not like it's nothing new to the LSAC. They the test writers have been doing this, right? Um, so. Anyway, yeah, should we should we just forge ahead and try to try to solve this? Yeah, yeah, what? we can forge ahead. Would you do any prephasing for this? You mean like just draw inferences, right? Like what we do in yeah. logic games, like just try to draw out some inferences. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would. I think I would, right? Because I think it's already pretty restricted. What 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 can happen here? Yeah. All right. So so I, I you know the first thing I'd be looking at uh, is is the the last conditional. If K is in, then J is also going to be in. Right. Um, which then, of course, you want to ask yourself, well, what's an implication of that? Right. Or, or, or what does that then imply? Um, where if you have K in and J in and you're only allowed to have two. Maximum. That's going to, yeah, that's going to spit someone in the out group. Yeah. Right. And that person who's going to be out is going to be L. That's right. Right. So so we can make the inference here that if you see a K, you're going to see a, a not L. And I, it's so crazy. It's like, it's like you're just describing this in terms of in and out. It, it um, is. Right. I mean, in my mind, I'm actually seeing an in and out game board where a K is in forces L to be in the other other column to, to, uh, to in the out column. Right, right. So then if we're looking through the answer choices after we make that inference, we want to be looking for something that says uh, that, says that, right? Yeah. If K, then, then not L, or something to the, uh, to the effect of that. Yeah, right? I, would, okay. I would probably just like kind of scan. I mean, this is a, uh, a kind of like a time-saving uh, technique. You, just, you can kind of, instead of like reading every word in answer choice A and then thinking about it and then reading every word in answer choice B and thinking about it, you kind of just like vertically scan the answer choices. I would be looking for L and K, right? Because yeah. I'm thinking that's probably the relationship they're going to talk about. And I see L and K show up in answer choice A. I see uh, K, L, and J show up in B. Um, and that's it. So I probably my suspicion will fall on answer choice A, right? So just mm -hmm. as, as, as a kind of rough heuristic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know for sure, for sure. And and A says that if the textbook contains an essay by by Lind, then it will not contain an essay by Knight, which is our our contrapositive of yes. the preface, right? Yes. So that's exactly that's right. what we're looking for. And, and right. by the way, like I like your scanning method is is also perfect for sufficient assumption questions. Yeah. Where if you see a gap between terms, just look for those yes. two terms. Don't think about the yes. direction or, or yes, uh, right? Yeah. Don't think yeah. about the direction. Yeah. But <laughs> often what they'll do is they'll give you two answer choices that have those two terms, and then you know in the metaphor i use the metaphor of like you got to build a bridge for a sufficient assumption right sometimes mm -hmm. they'll just flip the bridge around right um yeah. the sufficient will be the necessary necessary will be the sufficient but that's but yeah no as a first pass it's a great way to just 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 shine the spotlight of your suspicion on the likely answers mm -hmm. yeah. or always narrow it down a little bit yeah mm -hmm. yeah awesome. yeah so uh great problem kind of, kind of definitely on the easier end of the spectrum for a question 19 
Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that's an, an interesting uh, moment there. Uh, I guess we can we can move I, on. I, to, to... You know, what you, what you said about like easier end of the spectrum. At first I was like, yeah, definitely. And then I was like, well, I wonder why that is. Is it because this is like a super simple in-out game, right? Like I wonder right. if they had never had logic games, which, you know, let's fast forward like two to three years from now. Nobody will even know what logic games are. Right? Mm-hmm. Then I wonder if they showed, if they threw that problem, you know, without all that hard practice of formal deductive reasoning without all that uh, you know it's it's yeah i don't know if this will still be as as easy yeah i i'm sure if you stuck this question in front of uh like a layperson who has never done anything lsat related they're gonna have a lot of trouble with this right you're not gonna be able to do this whereas i mean stick a four-star weakening question in front of someone i imagine i mean you might be able to get so you'd get a decent uh, not a lot but you'd probably get a decent amount of people compared to a two star must be yeah. true right you'd, you might see like similar numbers of, of, of correct answers yeah. so i yeah. mean also in and out games are just i don't want to say that once you once the in and out clicks I, I feel that bad we're talking about like a dead a dead person here you know oh in and out games a were so great person. you know once once they clicked they were so nice you know um but i i will say though i think being able to understand this question and get it right quickly isn't necessarily dependent on seeing it as an in-and-out in game as much as it's dependent on seeing the conditional logic. Yeah. Right? Like, to just yeah. be able to really quickly translate your if-then statements. I That's think right. if I know what a contrapositive is, whether or not I know what an in-and-out game is, I'll be able to kind of breeze through this type of question. Yeah. No, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. You don't have to... We do not have to conjure any of the language that we used um, to frame it as an in-and-out game to explain this. Right? You can just mm-hmm. view it as, look, the last... The last rule, if you has a K, it has it must also have a J. Put that together with a second rule, max two. So you already got your two. Draw the inference. Therefore, if you have a K, you can't have an L. Okay, if you have a K, you can't have an L. Then it uh, additionally follows that if you have an L, you can't have a K, and that's answer choice A. Perfect. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so that version did not did not uh, did not uh, summon the language of logic games at all. I was going. The only reason I wanted to point that out is because I don't want people to feel like they are missing out on some component of doing well on LR or how to study for LR because they're no longer going to be studying for logic games if you're taking right. August onwards. Uh, you can still do just as well by understanding the foundational things that right. our curriculum and many curriculums still go over independent yeah. of logic games. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, logic games, um, they're not uh, foundational in and of themselves, right? The, the foundations that undergird logic games are formal logic, right? Conditional reasoning, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. which, yeah, yeah. This, this question exhibits. Yeah, yeah. I guess just bouncing off to what Oslo said about, you know, people having a familiarity with conditional reasoning. Uh, one thing that if you're if you're trying to get good at conditional reasoning, it's not enough to know that the contrapositive you flip and negate. You kind of have to spend some time to understand, like, why that yeah, works. Why. Yeah, right? why? The why, right? You yeah. start off by just doing it. But then the second step is that you have to understand why. Yeah. Right? And this is the kind of question that's going to reward the individual or reward the person who who fully understands yes. uh, the, the why, right, yeah. uh, of any type of conditional reasoning, yeah. whether it's uh, contrapositive, De Morgan's Law, yeah. uh, or just s- simple, like, what does it really mean for something to be sufficient versus necessary? Right. Um, okay, well, so we've got another problem here. Great. This is PT48, Section 1, Question 14, talking about uh, uh, coins, uh, and it, it reads, among a sample of diverse coins from an unfamiliar country, uh, each, fo- each face of any coin portrays one of four things, a judge's head, an explorer's head, a building, or a tree. Uh, by examining the coins, a collector determines that none of them have heads on both sides. Okay. 
uh, and that all coins in the sample with a judge's head on one side have a tree on the other. Um, so looking at this, what, what are you visualizing when, when you see this? Because it, it seems very familiar to the, the last problem, in, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I guess I wouldn't really use in-out, uh, uh, I wouldn't use it like an in-out board, um, but I would also use conditional logic. You know, I'm mm -hmm. just envisioning what the possible combinations are, right? You start out with four options, two of them are heads, judge or, uh, what's the other one, judge or explorer. Um, and then the two others are, you know, they don't say tails, but, you know, kind of tails, right, yeah. with building or trees. Um, and then th 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 those those will be your game pieces, I suppose, right? You could kind of piece yeah. them together. Um, and, the, and then you get hit with the rules, right? So um, what are what are the rules here? Um, none of them heads on both sides. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's, I, I mean, I, I want to use in-out language. That's like a not both rule, right? If you have one head, yeah. you can't have the other head, so they, they're exclusive of each other. Uh, but interestingly, they never said you can't have two tails, right? They, mm -hmm. they never said that was not a rule. Um, and then you only have one other rule, which tells you that if you have a judge's uh, head, you, you have to have a tree on the other side. And again, this is a must-be true, which actually, by the way, we didn't, we didn't stress this um, in the previous question, but um, it's the, it's the must-be-true questions where uh, uh, formal deductive logic tends to show up uh, most often. Not always. You also have must-be-true questions that test like sort of causal reasoning but um more often than not it's it's uh, deductive logic yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i i think this question is definitely like harder to to preface yeah i feel like yeah the, the other one you can kind of put the claims together yes. but this is the type of question where i mean it, it, the rules don't seem to go together that neatly <laughs> uh, and by seem they, they, they just they just really don't well um what oh, I will ahead. say, what I will say about this game, what I, or this, not this game, this LR question, uh, what I envision is just a, a grid system. So like yeah. I have the judge's head and the explorer's head on the top and then the tree and what was it? The tree and the building, the building on the bottom. And I'm just kind of drawing lines of like what can work and what can't work. It's yeah. not a very pretty image, uh, but I am visualizing something so I can kind of cross check each answer choice against this like really janky grid thing that I've got going on in my head. And it honestly, if I saw this question on the test, it would probably be something that I ended up writing down. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think you, I think it's, uh, this is definitely a question that I think you, I would allow, <laughs> allow, right. I would allow one of my clients to write this down because uh, you have like short little conditional logic. It, it's going to get a little hairy, right. It's going to get tricky in, in a weird twist of events, right. Usually the longer, stimuli with a bunch of different claims ends up being like you don't have to be as precise where this is pretty short you got to be pretty precise so i guess we should just run through mm -hmm. some of these answer choices uh answer choice a all those with an explorer's head on one side have a building on the other um is how would you how would you think about this answer choice i mean it's a must it's asking for a must be true right it has to be yeah a valid inference it must be true that every explorer's head um, have a building on the other. I, th the rules do not constrain explorer's head to have a building on the other side, right? What the mm -hmm. rules? I mean, what do the the rules do constrain explorer's head? If if you see explorer's head on one side, what do you know about the uh, the coin? Yeah, can't, not can't the judge's head. head. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's yeah. it. That's the constraint. So okay, well then that leaves still leaves two options: building or tree, right? So that's yeah. what I'm thinking. So yeah, A is just not a must be true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, similar principle with B, right? All those with a tree on one side have a, a, a judge's head on on the other. Um, 
why is this wrong? Because <laughs> I look at this and I think, well, yeah, I could totally see people picking yes. this. Yes, yes. Well, because the, one of the rules tell you that every coin, every sample with a judge's head uh, on one side have a tree on the other, right? So that sounds like very different, but I can see if you're not sort of sensitive to sort of conditional reasoning, you can make the mistake of, of going, oh, well, then what they just said was every coin with a tree on one side has judge's head on the other side. Boo. But that's not what that's not what it is. That's sufficiency necessity confusion. It's the oldest mistake in the book. It's right. It's the oldest trick in the book because I call it that because it is the by frequency. I, I think it is the most commonly recurring trap answer choice. Right. You'll yeah. see like a handful of them in every section where they tell you yeah. A arrow B and they expect you to think, oh, that means B arrow A. Right. Yeah. No. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would I'd probably if, if I had. If someone had trouble with this, I'd probably describe it as like a deck of cards, right? You know, 52 cards, all of them have the same back, right? So a seven, if it, uh, if it has a seven of diamonds, well, the back of the card is just going to be red. Right. Right. But just because you have a red back, that doesn't mean you have a seven of diamonds. That's, that's you might a great, have, great uh, visual. You know, yeah, you might have a bunch of other, I mean, well, it could li- be literally yeah. any card. Yeah, right? yeah so that's it, right. <laughs> yeah, so same, same, same principle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a, yeah. there's a lot of other options there, right? So it's the same idea here. But it's funny, you know, one of the things that the L side is just so good at is like, I, it'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find someone to make that mistake with a deck of cards, but they are, they're able to construe these scenarios uh, using different words in, in terminology, uh, or not terminology, but different words or different objects. That, uh, that all of a sudden make it a lot harder. Yeah. All right. So yeah, B is just confusing sufficient versus necessary. All right, let's take a look at C. None of those with a tree on one side have an explorer's head on the other. Um, so quick translation, right? If tree, then not explorer's head. Which means, uh, what are they really saying? Just can't have explorer, so it has to be either, what, uh, the judge's head or the Or, or the, the building. building. Yeah. As we pointed out with B, right? There's, there's no limits uh, limits with the trees. Yeah. So you, you could have a tree, and, a, and, a, and a, <laughs> trees have no limits right here, yeah. right? So <laughs> yeah. you know, tre- trees have no limits. You could have a tree, and then every other uh, coin face could, or every other, the other side could be anything else, right? Not constrained, um, yeah, not constrained. Yeah, Sim- so very this- similar to B, right? B is yeah. also trying yeah. to constrain what the other side of the tree uh, face could be, right? And C-, yeah. C is trying to do the same, but it's it's just yeah. Uh, and then we have a, a D. None of those with a building on one side have a judge's head on the other, right? So translation here, if building, then uh, not judge's head. So what do you think about this one? <laughs> what do you think about this one? Uh, the correct, the correct LR, answer. God, JY, right? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned that we could, well, this is the correct answer, um, but uh, we, we mentioned earlier that we couldn't really uh, draw any deductive well it's not that we couldn't draw any deductive valid inferences when we were looking just at the stimulus is that i think it was it was that there were just too many to be drawn it's yeah. like too many things are possible here um that's why yeah, we didn't lines attempt. going across yeah so but it as it turns out with this answer choice it wasn't it wasn't that deep right like in terms yeah. of how like because one of the rules explicitly told us that um here let's see if you have a uh right if you have a judge's head then you have uh, a tree on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a tree on the other side, right, then you, I mean, D starts out by saying um, having a building on the other side, right? So if you have a building, that is one way of not having a tree. <clears throat> it's not the only way. Are we allowed to assume buildings aren't trees on this test? <laughs> <laughs> I think An so. Honest to God yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, like... I mean, you'd have to contort into some unreasonable <laughs> postures to, to, to try to conflate 
yeah, buildings yeah. and trees. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, uh, right. So if you, so so if you have a if you have a building, then of course you, you don't have a tree, right? And then the, the original rule allows you that that contrapositive. The, again, it's contrapositive, right? The original rule: if you don't have a tree, you can't have a judge's head. So if you have a building, you don't have a tree. So therefore, you also can't have a judge's head. Right? So that's why it's, yeah. it's again deductively valid. It just has to be true if all the statements above are true. Yeah, yeah. As you're pointing out, this is uh, just an example of the contrapositive of the final final rule, right? Yeah. If not tree, then not judge's head. Buildings aren't trees, uh, yeah. I guess. You know, that's not a reasonable assumption to make. So uh, if you have a building, you're not going to have a judge's yeah. head. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll take a look at it. We did all these. None of those with explorer head have a building on the other. Uh, so again, uh, you know, translation: if explorer's head, then not building. Uh, explorer's head. Well, there's only one limit on explorer head, right? Which is you can't have a judge's head on That's the other. Right. Uh, so yeah, it, this does not have to be true. Yeah, you can have a building within explorer's head. Yeah. So this one is, um, I guess, a little less like logic games, um, but uh, still very formal logic heavy, right? I mean. If you're just hearing this on the uh, podcast, it, it might be kind of hard to follow because you know I think visual aids, right, being able to see the relationships mapped out using 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 conditional logic language and diagrams, you know, is, is very helpful um, for, for this. I think this question and the previous question, uh, the reason why we wanted to cover them is uh, to 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 show to sh to to show uh, people studying for the test that uh, deductive logic is still a big part of this. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, to kind of, I suppose, my pet theory that if they do change LR, uh, we'll see more stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would be so happy if you had an LR section just filled with questions like these. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really would. Basically an alone. easier LG section. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. An easier. Well, well, one of the things that LG offers and these LR questions is that it, more or less every rule is essential. Right. Whereas in, in LR or a lot of, I don't want to say yeah, it's, it's true. not the case, but, but there's a lot more like, I don't fluff. want to say like fluff. No, yeah, it is fluff, fluff right? Yeah, it's distraction. Fluff in Often in LR, you'll actually, that's, that's a really good point. Often in LR, you'll get a bunch of statements and only like three of them, right? Three out of like, say five statements, only three of them end up getting utilized, right? To generate that, that valid inference. And the other two, like whether you just deleted them from the stimulus or not, didn't make a difference. Yeah, that, that actually does not have happened ever in logic games. Yeah, yeah. So as we kind of wrap up here, I have one last question for you, JY, and it's mm -hmm. something that a lot of students have been asking me and our team, and I, I think it would be reassuring coming from you. If I were a student who's planning on taking the LSAT in the upcoming spring or potentially upcoming fall, should I panic? Is there a reason to oh, freak out? And, yeah, of and course, think the sky has fallen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. Whether you're taking it uh, with the LG section or in the double LR section, you're going to be fine. It's, it's not, nothing changes about studying for this test, right? This test still, uh, at its core, uh, is testing a, a couple of very fundamental skills, right? Reading comprehension um, and logical reasoning. Logic games, I would say, also test logical reasoning, just a specific subset of logical reasoning, deductive uh, logic. Um, so yeah, not, 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 I mean, obviously like everything that we already talked about still stands, you know, you figure out what your relationship is with LG. That'll help you determine whether, you know, you want to prep for the with LG or without LG, uh, LSAT. Um, but no, yeah. absolutely no reason to freak out. Um, in terms of studying, uh, 
I, I don't think much changes in terms of habits of studying, right? Your pattern of studying, um, nothing really changes. It's still a test that's amenable to prepping. Um, it is still a test where you will see uh, results um, uh, uh, that vary with the amount of work that you that you put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and one thing just to add, too, is that this idea of like the, the LG click where something clicks, uh, you all of a sudden get all the LG. Uh, that click also exists for LR. Yes. It, uh, it takes a little bit longer, but yes. but now, given you should be, I say doubling, but devoting a lot more time to LR studying, I, I would anticipate that that click is going to happen for a, a lot more people. Yeah. Uh, I uh, also want to say, I think that click is also possible for RC. I don't think that is beyond the realm of possibility. I know we talk and disagree about RC a lot on this podcast, but you can get there because the RC also is now a third of your test right or a third of your score whereas it, it never was before so. yeah it used to be a quite a well actually well it was a third oh, before, before. Right, before before it was before, a quarter yeah, before covid yeah now it's now yeah. it's a third and so it's still a third yeah we didn't talk about rc uh very much but um just i guess just real quick rc is very similar to lr in that um uh th- most of the questions that you will get on rc will be of the most strongly supported type Right, yeah. where you mm-hmm. read something and you just have to, I mean, some 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 of that would just be straight up like, was it stated? Like, did it say it or didn't it say it? Right, that's that's not even like support. It's just like, was it present in the text or was it invented in the answer choices? Right, so you just have to make that distinction. And then a gradient down would be, um, it they didn't say it, but it was strongly implied by what they did say. So that's just like must be true or. MSS. You also get uh, weakening, strengthening questions as well in, in RC, just not not as many. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the skill I think that sh- that is unique to RC that does not show up in LR is the skill of reading for structure because you just have your stimulus in RC. We don't call it a stimulus. We call it a passage because it's a passage. It's like 60 lines, right? Whereas in, in, in LR, it's like five lines, right? Seven lines. There's meaning that exists at like the paragraph level, right? Like the way that first paragraph relates to the second paragraph informs the meaning of the passage. You just straight up cannot have that in logical reasoning because there is literally only one paragraph. You know, maybe sometimes you get like two people speaking, but like, right? So th- that's the skill that's yeah. unique to RC. There's a structural understanding of the passage, um, which coincidentally is what we push for the most in our RC curriculum because it's the thing that shows up in that section alone. What what a, what a coincidence! Wow, <laughs> yes. you know, like, yeah. I, I guess Crazy. you know maybe we should uh, do a quick. Uh, I know that's not in the immediate. Well, it is in the immediate pipeline, but it may be on in terms of like you know uh, rolling off the assembly line. It's not going to be as soon. Uh, but I know that we're adjusting the RC component of the core curriculum too. Right. Yes. If you want to explore, just uh, give a little preview sure. or, or talk a little bit about. Um, yeah, totally. What's totally. up with that? Well, let, let me just start by talking about the current version of the RC curriculum. It already emphasized what I just said, which is structural reading, right? I, you know, we say low-resolution summaries as a way to kind of get at that idea of reading for the structure of the passage. So that's already present. Um, what will be added in uh, the refreshed version of the RC curriculum um, will be an organization of the RC passages by its structure. So. For example, um, here's a very commonly recurring structure in uh, in reading comp. Uh, you will start out with some conventional explanation 
of some part of the world, right? Like maybe, you know, what, whatever discipline it might be, it might be astrophysics, it might be uh, 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 plate tectonics, you'll just have some conventional explanation. And then you'll, you'll, in the next paragraph, you'll get hit with like some observation or some, some experimental result that just does not conform to, it's, it's, it's not what the, you know, conventional explanation would have predicted. So then now what? Now the passage can go in a number of different ways, but often what it does is starts exploring alternative hypotheses or alternative uh, explanations to sort of bring that back together. So that's a very commonly recurring pattern um, that we see in passages. So I want to organize, I want students to read for that kind of pattern, right? As opposed to read for, oh, this is a science passage. Oh, I don't do so well with science passages. Oh, this is an arts passage. I don't do so well with arts passages. I mean, I feel like that's that's true as such like a coarse grain of analysis. That's true as such like a fuzzy level, right? I, I think it's more, I think the more accurate way to say something like that is like, I have trouble with passages that take on this reasoning structure, right? And And that type of passage may be an economics passage. It may be an arts passage, right? It may be a literature passage or whatever, but it's that reasoning structure that's that's challenging. So it's not so much the topic. Now, understand like topic is probably the easiest way to, it's the most salient aspect, perhaps, of the passage. You just read a passage, oh, this is about technology. Oh, this is about, you know, uh, law, right? So this is a law passage. Yeah, but some law passages have more in common with, in its reasoning structure, with, say, an economics passage than it does with some other law passage. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's an opportunity missed to not uh, think about passages at that structural level and how it's, how it's, um, how the structure of its reasoning um, uh, uh, uh uh, is 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 like is repetitive, right? And you you can learn to see these patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, the science passages tend to lend themselves more more often than not to that structure. What you're talking yes, about, yes. right? You have a uh, yes. you know uh, a phenomenon that seems to go against yes. conventional theory, yes. and then a, an explanation um, right. of that. So what I'm hearing you say is that uh, people who say they don't like science might be confusing correlation oh with causation. Oh my god. <laughs> No, no, do I? Don't no, laugh. I like Don't encourage me <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> um, Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that and, right. and the ability to, to, to run through the tags and uh, go through uh, at least a little more structure-based. structure, structure based. Be, be more useful for, for studiers too, right? You know? I, I totally uh, agree. I think, you know, it's like right now, you know, if you want to drill uh, RC, you just, you got to drill by like say science passages, right? Or arts passages or whatever. But it's like, that's not, exactly the best way right you rather drill by like you know you mentioned science passages earlier not all science passages are like that a lot of science passages have this alternative structure where they uh just basically t tell you about a great scientist that you probably have never heard of right and they're like this is what they did it's just very expository just kind of run through like here's here's their mini potted like bio slash achievements and that's that and so that's like that's more like and then and then you'll have another passage that's like uh you know about an artist is also also in that format so those two passages have more in common with each other right than they do with you know um other passages that share that subject matter well awesome jay thank you for for taking the time to not only talk to us today but talk to our listeners reassure our listeners that the sky is not falling and everything's going to be okay despite this change everything's gonna be okay uh, and see i think that i think that'll be comforting for for a lot of people to hear uh, awesome. Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you again, JY, and for everybody listening, whether you're taking before August or after August. Best of luck. Happy studying. Thank you both. Bye-bye. Right.